Hello and welcome to another episode of A Few Cues with DeAndra Reviews. I'm DeAndra Reviews and this episode is brought to you by DeAndraReviewsAtAll.com where entertainment is reviewed for the light it gives. On today's episode I interview Vidikari, the queen of Y2K pop. Her sound and style is very much of the early 2000s and she uses her music to approach topics like queerness, mental health, and what it means to live a life beyond labels. Something that she herself is trying to do. In this episode we talk about every Everything, from the art form of Instagram filters to what it means to pick a persona. Hope you enjoy. I think moody people get a bad rep because there are, is such a thing as a good mood. Yeah, that's so facts. That's facts. That's true. I, I, I guess, yeah, passionately moody. So there's only ups and downs. Yeah, that is true. That that makes the creativity, like the songs, more powerful. Exactly. You need the, the roller coaster. Yeah. <laughs> Emotional roller coaster, that's a good way to put it in terms of, I would say your music and, and your style is very imaginative. Do you think it's because of those extremes and emotions that you're able to push further the visuals and the sounds and the experiments? Mm, I think so. Like when I was younger, I had a lot of like psychosis type issues. It turns out I was diagnosed with schizophrenia. Who knows what that even means? I mean, how can you diagnose the mind, you know? But at the time when I was younger, I like did experience a lot of, especially like 19, 20 years so a few years ago I would experience like a lot of like hallucinations in a negative way um which is like where the whole bug head imagery comes from so the whole like bug on my face thing is because like one time I was looking in the mirror and just saw it and I was like oh man but then like as I got older and I was able to kind of work through that stuff also I got birth control which helps so much um moving forward like I just was able to kind of phone the whole fun time what was negative into something like pretty positive so like a lot of the imagery and stuff you see in my like visuals or within the music even like the lyrical elements and stuff very imaginative because I guess like that was my reality at one point. It really does feel like you're trying to put an image to feeling. Yeah, definitely. Or an image to sound as well. I was a, I was a visual artist first. The sound feels like it's like an image with music, I guess. I don't know if that makes sense. Like it's, a, it's like a yeah. painting, a painting. So it's all kind of, it all feels like one medium in a way, you know? You've described making music like painting with sounds. Is there any particular artist or, or painting that makes music to you? I actually love, there's an artist named Jim Dine. He a lot of like tools in like these really creative and like imaginative ways so they were just like bright colors and just totally out of the box of what you would see with in front of you i just really love how he took reality and turned it into something so wild and creative and i and i definitely i love his work for sure and also a lot of the filters on instagram too like i've been getting into making like ar filters there's like a program called spark ar it's like it's kind of like photoshop but for like augmented reality and i get inspired so like anybody can make a filter so like i've made it like a couple filters now which are all pretty like you know they're somewhat basic but they're pretty imaginative it's like I took my visual art and like was able to like literally put it on my face and that's really fun I think that like I think the artists of like 2020 as well as just like Gen Z in general is just reclaiming filters into something more of like a visual art form now instead of just like I'm trying to exaggerate my features and da da so it kind of it has become like this whole new medium of art which I just find so fascinating love it feels like sound looks like visual but it moves on your face I mean how cool is that I guess you could say it's all about balance with your overall art being so vast how do you find the balance and what kind of like the synergy between it all because it's it all works at the same time man that's a great question you know it's crazy because like even right now I like have producer friends have been like wanting to finish up tracks I have new music coming out and then I'm like sit down I'm like okay what do I want to work on right now do I want to work on this track do I want to finish this painting so at times it feels like it's like a lot I have to figure out how to focus my energy on one thing at a time but I think the coolest thing about music 
realistic is that the way it's consumed is like a language that takes like two minutes, 30 seconds to say something versus a visual, which I think at least back in the day, you'd go to a museum and only look at a painting for seven seconds before walking away. That's probably way shorter now. But like with that said, I just think focusing my energy on music has been really, really helpful to kind of understand how I want to share my images, if that makes sense. Because it's like I get to literally tell the story and then show it after. I just I don't know. I just I like don't really um, limit myself. And I just try to, like, keep it into one big thing that's all one of the same, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. In some ways you're saying by not limiting yourself, you naturally find balance. Yeah. I think it's just, I think to make music, and I think that this is, like, we live in a visual world with, with social media and even, like, performance art and all of these things. We're very visually inclined. People, it's harder to just listen to a song if there's no visual to it. So I think the element of, like, making the song, finishing the song, mixing the vocals, which I like to mix my own vocals, and, like, doing all of that, and then, like, throwing it on to a music video, making the concept of the video, figuring out the palette of a music video. It's just one giant art project. You said about how you use your digital collages to confront the stigmas about schizophrenia, and I'm wondering how your digital collages have helped you heal through those stigmas. Yeah, I think definitely, like, you know, we when we grow up and we're told something is negative, right, it's like we have to unlearn that for ourselves. The visual collages and just seeing how that was perceived, like, positively, as well as, like, just making it for myself, like, kind of taking what was in my head and like putting it into that visual like that was healing in the sense that it was kind of for me unlearning the process of the ugliness associated with like such a crazy word like schizophrenia because I think also like there was there's like another thing here too which is like beauty privilege obviously like Eurocentric beauty that I was one that the genetic lottery to have right and therefore like you're not usually associating the word schizophrenia with like a beautiful young female presenting person a lot of the time and so I also like that narrative that like this didn't have to be this ugly thing like and I could reframe it in a lot of ways like and make it more kind of something that like people don't have to feel self-hatred towards and mental health at all like it's, it's unfortunate that it has to be like in a like palatable light in order to be acceptable there's a lot to say about that and unpack but it's one step forward to try to unlearn that that's something negative well I think that's the perfect way to to put it that it is unfortunate that it has to be made palatable to accept like when I see your work I see it as somebody who's trying to ash through the perceived heaviness of schizophrenia I think people that's like the hesitance of approaching and learning about mental health struggles is that there's this perceived really dark heaviness and ugliness which can exist but at the same time people live and they continue living and they continue trying and they continue trying to get happy it's about finding yourself despite that no it definitely is it definitely is and it's just interesting because i mean i do and like i frame a lot of this super positively at the same time of course there's very real like negative struggles that come with it but it just feels like when those struggles do happen it's it's easier to work through them because i see time and time again that it, something hard happened and it turned into something beautiful so it just it's easier to manage through those those moments of overwhelming emotions and panic that come with you know and what has Vidakari shown you about loving yourself especially your femme energy because you've called uh, Vidakari like your ultimate femme energy no it, it definitely is it's like I said it's a lot of it is taking what's inside me and turning it into something palatable because that's the first way that we as like a society basically start accepting things is through like the first steps that are palatable to everybody so I think a lot of it with my like feminine energy that I portray in the Vitakari character as well as in, like as myself as Vita every day walk the world it's just like I feel very gender fluid and I feel that there's a lot of like masculinity as well as divine femininity within me and that even 
even I was actually just talking to my um, partner about this, who's also like a very gender fluid, like expressing person and just basically being like accepting that ultra femininity as myself is not necessarily how I feel on the inside, but I love to portray that because then it just makes what does feel masculine about me more interesting, I guess, or acceptable to others. It makes queerness palatable if it's like beautiful and feminine, which is so, so messed up. But that is just something I'm trying to like work on. First of all, the fact that you're using palatable so much, like my inner vocabulary nerd is like, yes. (laughs) keep saying it i love it it feels like you're you're trying to bash through labels and labeling people do you think that it's actually possible to ever reach a point where people don't label people i think that labels and identifying yourself have a lot of power within that if that's something that you want to accept for yourself and like if that's how you want to move forward with the world i think that that's powerful and i think that it's also equally as powerful to not label yourself so i think that although it's possible if people want to like i identify deeply into something I'm all for it as well labels are such a weird thing because they can give people a false sense of understanding they make something for the word of the day palatable and accessible but is it the right access it's like uh, I'm getting into the house but am I using the proper door to oh, get into the question. bed and I think a lot I think a lot about that when it comes to music genres mm. I think that that's you know we're moving into like this type of genre fluidity as we move forward into the music industry's world like of the future and I think that it's really at times hard to label yourself as an artist because that is limiting like to be a pop artist versus an R&B artist and you know what comes with that and so I think that that's something I really do hope that change in terms of labels is that in the future like it is more acceptable just to be an artist that is instead of like being within these strict genres of music so then everything in my life like whether it be like gender or sexuality or creative medium as well as like sound of music I just I do like mix it all up and stay limitless. Genres have become emotional, like anxiety pop. It, it, oh, I've not heard that, but I love that. Oh, really? Like I, I've noticed a lot more that before a genre, people are using an emotion, like anxiety oh. pop, um, sad hip hop, and and usually it's a, a a negative feeling. I have to say, I haven't seen like although R and B is empowering. Yeah. R&B is naturally romantic, so romantic R&B, I think that's always been. But I, I have found that really, really interesting because once you put an emotion in front of it, it opens another window for R&B. Like, it may not sound like the most pop song, but that's because it was anxious <laughs> in a weird way. Super interesting. That, I love it. I mean, I love the idea of anxiety pop. I've never heard that, and I absolutely love that. But a friend of mine who I actually, he's a producer as well as, like, an artist, and um, his name's Orlando Kennedy, and he kind of coined the term utopian pop which I really love and that basically just is like a just music made for the mass audience with no like specific emotion or necessarily structure with pop sensibilities so like a lot of the music he makes very kind of like autotune indie like mumble rap indie music type thing and like his work is like amazing and vast and he's an amazing artist of like all instruments and he uses this word utopian pop which I'm starting to also feel like that's a category that I fit into which what does it mean it's just a word that I frame it in a way where it's like we get a title for what we're doing because I think it is a new it's a new way that it's just like music outside of the boundaries I heard that you were called Y2K pop which I found so fascinating and that to me was like what is that is that like apocalyptic glam what is that <laughs> Y2K pop so I uh, like love the 
2000s aesthetic, which we're saying, like, a lot, of course, just moving forward, and pop culture is becoming more mainstream, but Y2K, I guess, I mean, like, 2000s-era sound, 2000s-era imagery, so you're even seeing in a lot of, um, like, R&B music, 2000s styles come back, and choices instrumentally as well as, like, aesthetically, you see a lot of, like, that, you know, soft glam that was very 2000s blue eyeshadow, and you'll see a lot of that imagery within the music video as well, just, like, the makeup style and everything about it. We actually even put petroleum jelly on the lens of the camera so that it would have that really like ethereal soft glam effect that was very like 2000s-esque yes oh my god yeah that haziness that made you look like am i are my eyes blurry like do i need eye drops i that is so 2000 uh, you you named yourself vita after your grandma and kari after a manja character in paradise kiss yeah what about both of these beings like what qualities of your grandma and kari do you feel spoke to this entity that you've made I feel that, you know, my grandmother, she immigrated to this country from the Middle East, from Israel, and she just had a crazy life. She did some crazy stuff in her life to get here, and then because of her, my father was able to basically start his life in the U.S., and then by the time it came to my generation, I mean, my siblings were blessed with the ability that we could pursue our passion, you know, of course with some limitations, but we had more chances to do that than my dad and my grandmother did, so I, I just feel like I owe a lot to her, as well as, all, like, obviously all the ancestors of the before, and, like, I also just really like my grandma. She just, she's a funny lady. She just says what she wants and she means it. She can be a little uh, blunt at times. She's a character. And she also inspires me just to really live with love. And the character from the anime, Yukari, was just a fashion icon and inspiration. So it was fun to just throw that in there. I actually like, found this little piece of paper a friend had written me in like seventh grade where they like called me Yukari. So I was like, yeah, that's like my cool you know name, which is so funny and culturally appropriate, but it was what it was in seventh grade. And we are now later it's kind of the last game that I chose it's interesting to choose a name it's empowering it means like I create an alter ego it's funny you say that because I just got off an interview with another artist and we were talking about Oscar Wilde a little bit and his whole idea that when you give a person a mask they become their truer self like something about putting that that persona on allows who you are inside to feel safer to come out I love that I, I completely agree you have described making a song as romantic, so going along, you know, the Yukari idea, is there a romantic story in particular that you would use to describe what it is to make a song? Making music is like making love. You know, you have to treat with compassion, there's sensual energy that goes into it, this build up, you have to spend time with it, and it comes to an awesome conclusion, which is a beautiful song that all your friends can listen to. I would compare it to a successful song reminds me of my sister and her husband's relationship. They're married, they have a baby, and it's not like a pop culture answer, but I'm just really inspired by their relationship, because I think a lot of people in my generation don't always have great examples of what a functional relationship looks like, so I really do look up to that, and I think that functionality and that like security that they have is definitely can be applied to like a finished track and like mixing mastered and finished and everybody listening to it and appreciating it and everybody like you know applauding it definitely feels like a successful relationship you've somehow which i found so admirable when you said it in this interview you have somehow convinced people you know what you are doing but you don't and i thought that was like the realest thing that i've ever heard 
And, and I was like, you're totally right, especially in the industry where I feel sometimes that's what we're all doing. We're all acting like we know and just trying to sell that. But do you think there there is ever a point, especially as an artist, when you know what you're doing? You know, it's so interesting. I think a lot of that comes with maturity and confidence, which of course I think will come with time. You know, as I get older and build more of it. So, because I'm noticing that I'm always saying like, look, I have no idea what I'm doing. It's just working. Like I'm just literally making it up as I go, which is everybody. Everybody is doing that. All of our parents did that. Everybody has literally done that forever. It's just make it up as we go and hope it works. What I'm noticing now, especially with the last Vita Wood event, uh, was I did actually know what I was doing. And in a way, I was discrediting myself by not seeing that fully. But that is how it is to be an artist. We do like second guess ourselves a lot because we're using the language, you know, the medium of two everybody with so because of that you know it's very important to like you know it makes others feel and all of these things and like I think a lot of artists create for themselves but I do like to create with the idea of speaking to others so I think because of that it can at times have a lot of self-doubt because I'm you know constantly considering others so of course I'm going to be often like oh I have no idea what I'm doing I have no idea what I'm doing but I'm starting to realize I might actually have a little bit of an idea of what I'm doing <laughs> because I just like I convinced everybody that I knew what I was doing and now I'm starting to believe in myself 